Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Super Human Podcast. I am your host Renato Capasso and together we will talk about the latest biohacks and scientific discoveries that will turn you from a human into a super human. And it all starts now. Hey, my dear bag friend, welcome to a new episode of the Superhuman Podcast. Today's episode, I have on the show John Gray, who is the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. If you have not read that book yet, just go and buy it right away, because although it was written decades ago, his main concepts are still so relevant today. And if you have listened to the podcast before on previous episode, you know that I'm all about mental performance and physical performance and biohacks and how to be the best version of yourself, both physically and mentally. And that is important and it's still important for me. However, I'm growing younger, but I'm getting older. <laughs> I came to realize how relationships are important and how you can never be 100% completed if you do not have fulfilling relationship in general with friends, with family, and of course with your partner. So hence why I was so keen to do an episode like that. And in fact, in this episode, we're going to talk about relationships and how you can hack your present relationship or your future relationship. John Grace does an amazing job in explaining this. And of course, in 40 minutes, we talked about how to hack a relationship to make it last for decades, but to make it last and thrive for decades. Uh, John Gray is also great in explaining the science behind it and how he believes that a lot of actions are testosterone-driven or estrogen-driven or vice versa. Some action may raise testosterone or some action might raise estrogen. We also talked about common misconceptions that men might have of women and common misconceptions that women may have about men. So if you're a man and you understand women better, this is the episode for you. If you are a girl and you want to understand a man better, this is an episode for you. So I really recommend you stay tuned and listen to this because we can talk a lot about interesting stuff about relationships. Now, there is a little bit of background noise because while I recorded this episode, I was at the Health Optimization Summit in London, which is an event that I really recommend you to go because it's amazing. All the best biographers were there. So forgive me for the background noise. However, the content of this podcast about relationship is still amazing and I suggest you to listen to it until the end. So without further ado, welcome to the show and enjoy this episode with John Gray. It's a pleasure. Before we begin the interview, I have a group of friends where every time I interview a guest, I've asked them, would you like to propose some questions for the guest? Normally, one or two people just walk in and they ask questions. And I had like 90% of the people in my group asking questions. They were so excited. I run a podcast. It's called the Superhuman Podcast. And normally, I am very practical about biohacking tips for mental performance and physical performance. And I try to be very practical about the actionable steps that people can do. Okay. When I found out that I had the chance to interview you, this came at the very right timing. And in fact, today I wanted to talk especially about relationships. And yeah. I'm going to be very selfish in my questions. Sounds fine. <laughs> yeah. No matter how many biohacks you do, and that's something like I'm sure that I just came recently about, no matter how many biohacks you do, if your relationships are broken, what is it for? So nice. That's something that I just realized very recently. Before it was for me all about the ego, all about me. But now I switched a little bit my perception. Mm. It's I want to be the best version of myself to be able to enjoy those experiences with others. I'm not talking about just relationship with boyfriend and girlfriends, also my family and friends and people around me. 
It's all about relationships. I'm with you. And I'm very thrilled about the, the book that you wrote. And it's been a while since you wrote the book. And I'm going to start asking okay. one question. Okay. Do you think if you would have wrote that book this year, now, instead of 1992, would you have changed something? It, oh, well, I wrote Men Are From Mars over 30 years ago. I've been teaching it for 40 years. All right. So it was the time was different then. So I've written a book called Beyond Mars and Venus. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And then mm -hmm. there's beyond that because see, relationships are no longer so traditional. When you have a traditional relationship between a man and a woman, where to a certain extent, the man is the major provider and the woman is the major homemaker. So that when you have that dynamic, then you're going to, particularly when you have children, which people used to have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you have that dynamic, there's certain ways that men commonly misunderstand what women need. And there's ways that women commonly misunderstand what men need. And everything about relationships is connection by interpreting each other correctly. You know, if you're a guy and you need to go to your cave, and since we're talking Australia here, your Correct. shed. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in your shed. It's very important for women to know that's real, mm -hmm. not to take it personally. Okay, is that this is what men need more so than most women. Now, what's different is today, most women will think they need a shed too. And I explain why and beyond Mars and Venus, why that's so, and it doesn't have the same beneficial mm -hmm. stress-reducing effect for women than it does okay. for men. Although when women are more <laughs> doing the roles that men traditionally did, they tend to become more like men and lose touch with their femininity. Now, femininity is biological. You know, they, a Supreme Court justice, they asked her, what is a woman? And she said, you need to know, how do you define a woman? Which is absurd to me. But she said, you'll have to talk to a biologist. So, boom, I have studied biology. And, and I can, probably more so than anybody in the world, on the biology of men and women in relationship. And what we see in Beyond Mars and Venus is, regardless of whatever roles you choose, which now we're free, we're fluid, we can choose whatever roles we want, you can't choose your physiology. If you're a man, biologically, and I simplify it down, it could be told in more complex terms, but the body is highly complex. But there's certain universal, simple concepts, like we have two hands, we have genitals, which are different. Well, those genitals are ruled by hormones, steroid hormones, testosterone, and primarily estrogen and progesterone, oxytocin. And that's the very profound difference between men and women, in that if you're a happy man, your testosterone levels are going to be 10 times to 20 times higher. If you want romance, they need to be 20 times higher. Now, if you want just happiness in your life, feeling good about yourself, self-esteem, mm -hmm always your testosterone levels will be in the range of 10 times higher than a woman's. And a woman's estrogen will be 10 times higher than a man's. And for women to hit that nice golden spot of romantic arousal and excitement and desire, her estrogen levels typically need to be 20 times higher than a man's. So there's communication skills that I can teach people how I can talk to my wife yeah. and raise her estrogen, and she can talk to me and she can raise my testosterone. That's amazing. So a relationship becomes a tool to take us higher than even our work can take us. But still, as a man, my primary requirement is that I make enough testosterone without depending on my wife. She needs to make enough estrogen without depending on me. Then we look to each other to do something that no one can achieve unless they have a intimate, loving relationship with commitment that's a power it's a unique thing it's like 
becoming the best-selling author. You, you have a, a certain power you get from that. You have a discipline. You know, I had breakfast with somebody and he's 85 years old and he's healthy because he's a pianist and he sings and he also has a job you know so you have to create circumstances to create optimal wellness and a sense to me since we're at a biohacking conference the ultimate biohack is love and you can love everybody and that's one kind of love it's good love but to love someone special is much more important if I have a million dollars, I can give a dollar to everybody and have a little effect. Or I give my million dollars to my wife, I have a big effect. And then whatever flows from that is fine. So I'm really into marriage. I'm into loving relationships, commitment. And I think that that is the grounding that's missing today as we're all sort of loosey-goosey going our own way, experimenting like how it should be. The realities are there's ways that now we know biologically I can treat my wife in a certain way and it will raise her estrogen. If I treat her the way I want to be treated, it will raise her testosterone. It will raise her testosterone. Yes, and it will reduce attraction. Reduce attraction. Yes, yes. And what are those ways? Yeah, that's the whole, that's beyond Mars and Venus. And mm. everything I say would be considered sexist if I didn't explain the biology first. Mm -hmm. Because today wanna, people want to pretend that you can choose what gender you are. <laughs> and so you can call yourself whatever you want. That's your choice. But if you're a man, you have certain biological requirements. And we know this in medicine. This is where all of my research comes from. The studies that are done for medicine, you know, symptoms of a heart attack for a woman are different than symptoms of a heart attack for a man. Causes of cancer are going to be different for most cancers for women than for men. You know, so we are really very, very different. And when we come to relationships to understand that difference, goes against everything taught in universities. So this is going to rub some people the wrong way yeah, and other people definitely. who have common sense are going to kind of go, thank God somebody's talking about the truth. <laughs> so we're just going to look at from, from the point of view of testosterone in men. Yes. Now, right now I'm making testosterone because I'm good at what I do and you're listening to me. And I'm making a difference, helping people. Somebody's going to be helped by this. Mm -hmm. So that is achieving a goal. Achieving a goal is a testosterone producer. Okay. That's it. A problem solved. Challenge, say the right thing, do the right thing, fix the thing, go somewhere. You overcome a challenge and testosterone levels go up. Then you have challenges in personal relationships and that can also raise your testosterone, but it also raises estrogen. Okay. And men have to be worried about too much estrogen. Mm. So you look at men and their well-being is always linked to testosterone levels. And it's not like the solution here to feel good as a man is to take testosterone. It's that when I'm solving a problem, when I'm working hard, when I'm writing a book, when I'm doing something good for myself, okay, when I'm doing healthy things, I'm generating testosterone. So it's all those things that generate testosterone that makes you feel good. It's just a signal right away is that are you making testosterone? And what we're seeing is twice as many people are not getting married. Yeah. And it's not like they're getting, all of them are against marriage mm -hmm. or some are. It's that they can't sustain a connection long enough to feel a bond. They can't bond deep enough to go, you're the one. You know, I don't know if you're the one, or maybe this one, or maybe that one. I'm not satisfied with this one. I've lost interest in this one. This is all low testosterone in men. That's caused a lot of... Do you think also the, the fact that, especially for modern days, you know, there are apps, right? There are apps where you just swipe, 
to the of next course, thing. That's and terrible. So there was a funny African study once mm -hmm. of a little village. Everybody's very mm -hmm. poor, but pretty happy. And they looked at who's the happiest person. And the happiest person had two cows and more sheep. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was the happiest because he had more than others. You know, happiness. We're constantly comparing, comparing, comparing. And when there's so many options, it's hard to feel that you've got the best one. But biologically, I just want to say that mm -hmm. when you're a man and you have a healthy testosterone levels and healthy estrogen levels, both those major male-female hormones, okay, when they're the right balance for you mm -hmm. as an individual, you know. Everybody's asking me, how do you know? Well, you know when you know, and what happens is when you're with somebody who, by the presence of being with them, your hormones this is all done in the unconscious mind, go, oh, there's a lot of compatibility here. We can work this out. But then, even though you have this sort of compatibility, you still have to have the skills because society is like a skill in the wrong direction. In a sense, it's in the right direction. I'm all for women equality. I'm all for women having jobs and being independent, if they want. Okay, that's their choice. That's you have choice about lifestyle. And men want to stay home with their children, they have a choice. But when women are doing traditional male jobs, it makes testosterone and it doesn't make estrogen. Really? Yes. And I when know. men are doing traditional female jobs, it makes estrogen and it doesn't make that much testosterone. So if I'm going to be a woman mm -hmm. who runs a company all on my own, Mm -hmm. And that's called independence. Anything you do where you're on your own mm -hmm. is a primary testosterone producer. Now, let's say you're a woman, you're all on your own, but you have a really good team of women or men that support you. Mm -hmm. Feeling that support can produce estrogen. So the idea is whatever you want to put during your day, you want to create opportunities where you can express your male side, but you have to have a balance of support to increase your estrogen. So let's say you're a woman and you've got a company and you're at work and it's a grind, your stress level's up, mm -hmm. but you're thinking tonight I'm going on a date with my husband. Yes. Okay. And my husband is so supportive of me and we have a romantic relationship. That's anticipation of an estrogen stimulating environment will produce estrogen even while she's at work. But what we have to know is that this is the key factor, why this is so important, is we know in terms of all health optimization and everything and well-being, that we have an obstacle to that, which is chronic stress levels in the body. That's measurable, that's the cortisol gets produced and stays there, as opposed to when you're having an emergency, occasionally it pops up, it's very important, it's not a bad hormone, it just shouldn't be produced at high levels all the time. So elevated cortisol, so women in the workplace, on average, this isn't every woman, on average for women, their cortisol levels are twice as high as men's. In the workplace, okay. because the workplace was designed for men by men, not against women, but designed for testosterone production. Our whole economy is based upon win-lose. Everything's a challenge. If I don't go to work, I lose my job. Yeah. You know, if I'm with my children and <laughs> I decide to sleep late, I don't lose my job. Okay, so it's a different kind of pressure. Yeah. Not that there isn't pressure for a homemaker or whatever. But when your activities are nurturing and they come from love, okay, I'm doing this out of love, estrogen gets produced. When I'm doing this for money, now I love what I'm doing. I counsel people and it's kind of harsh to say, but if you didn't pay me, I wouldn't counsel you. <laughs> but when That's... I'm there counseling them, I'm a very friendly guy, yeah. I care, you know, but this is my job. Yeah. And you're not in my personal life. You come and we have very intimate conversations and mm -hmm. so forth. But it's very different from I come home, and when I come home, 
I come into the personal space. Now, see, the personal space is about me and it's about her. In the workplace, it's all about you. The result is about mm -hmm. me. I get paid. I get yeah. to sell books. I do this interview. You know, so mm -hmm. there's some outcome for me. Yeah. But this is not about me getting something. It's about me giving something. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're selling a car, you don't go. Well, you know, my day's been pretty bad today. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really want to work to come today. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's not about you. That's what we have to realize. And when life is not about you and another person, you're not in a personal relationship so far. See, it's a bit personal. You mm -hmm. want to be friendly and so forth. So. The workplace produces testosterone, and there's a lot of things. Being analogical, when you're very logical, you're making testosterone. And logic is preferred in our society now more than emotion. Emotion is pure estrogen. Whether it be negative emotion or positive emotion, it's pure estrogen. How does that translate for a man? That's the big problem for all you guys today. You go to a psychologist, they're going to talk about your feelings and want you to talk about express your feelings. Your wife's going to come home and go, oh, I can't connect with you. I want to connect with you. Tell me what you're thinking, what you're feeling. It's like she's wanting to penetrate him. Mm -hmm. She's on her male side. Her female side is you penetrate me. So he needs to be listening to her more. She needs to be revealing more. But women are afraid to reveal more in a world where we're so logical. Because when you have emotions, they're not always logical. And so then a guy will say, well, that doesn't make sense. Or you're overreacting. Why are you saying that? And so when women don't have enough contact with other women in a personal relationship, then they need to reveal that part of them. But men don't know how to listen now. So the modern man has to learn yeah. how to listen. That's our major tool, which is here it is. This is your takeaway. The wife's talking. Don't interrupt with solutions. She's upset about something. Don't try to logically explain to her why she shouldn't feel what she feels. She has logic too. She has a male side. Mm -hmm. But when she's stressed, and that's what we're talking about cortisol, yes. always when men are stressed, their testosterone levels are too low and their estrogen levels are too high. Okay, their male mm -hmm. energy is low and their female energy is high. That's stress in a man's body. And that you can measure. Cortisol levels are, when they're high, always your testosterone is going down, your estrogen is going up. Like when you're angry as a man, most men think, oh, anger is masculinity. No, it's dysfunctional part of masculinity because he's on his female side. That's what I thought, because I listened to your TED talk a, a while ago and I was very surprised because I've, I always thought that aggressiveness and angriness is correlated with high testosterone. It, exactly, people think that. It's correlated with men, but it's men whose estrogen levels are too high because they, all aggression is basically coming from a place of fear. Mm. Fear is estrogen. So if you look at the like the Chinese Qigong movies, you know, the heroes are always never have no fear. Cool, calm and collected. See, they're disciplined, they did their training, they know what to expect, they're competent, they're skilled. That all makes testosterone. I remember talking with a lion trainer and he was telling me about going into the cage with the lions. Now he has to bond with them when they're young and he always has to have a stick and he has to have meat. As a woman need to learn with a guy, you have to have the meat and you have to have the stick. <laughs> you got to keep them motivated. But th there's more to that story. But the lion tamer says, you know, if I go into that, if I go into there and I have any fear, I'm in danger. Not that I'm in danger, so I fear. I'm always in danger yeah. in a lion cage with six lions. But I have to be fearless, then they respect me. And that, that means you have to, your testosterone levels have to be very high. 
because if you're in danger, that activates their fight or flight response, and they can't control themselves then, you see? When you're afraid of an animal, then they're afraid of you. If you're totally at ease with an animal, generally they won't be afraid of you. That's a very good point. That I've got Massison calling me, showing me that we don't have much time. But okay. I, I want to make sure that I've asked you certain questions okay. specifically. I'll try to get some short answers. Now that we understand that I'm yeah. not a sexist, I'm talking about biology here. And that's, to be honest with you, that's what I love. When we mix like, uh, behaviors with biology, because at the end, I, I truly believe that our interactions are based on chemistry. Let me tell you something. I have yeah. just fun to say. I've yeah, never yeah. said it in an interview, but I've been thinking about it a lot. You know, there's a saying, to human is to err. That means humans okay. make mistakes. Mm. To learn from your mistakes is divine. And to act without intention and clarity is to be an animal. And ultimately, this whole body is an animal, except for one little part of the brain, which is different from monkeys in terms of the DNA. And so we want to be divine animals. Mm. And so we want to learn our lessons. We have to realize that everything we do wrong is because our ancestors did it wrong. Like raising your voice. That's a monkey. See, a monkey says, you don't understand me, so I better yell louder. Mm. So as soon as you're raising your voice, unless the partner's on the other side of the house, you know, you're completely irrational and you'll create an irrational reaction. And so we have to get rid of yelling. Men have to not talk if you're angry. Talking about what you feel or in a feeling state raises estrogen. That's why so many women go to therapy. If they can talk about their feelings, somebody listens without resisting, that raises their estrogen and then their problems go away. Because as a man, we tend to, or at least for me, I'm not sure. Oh man, not just, <laughs> see I can generalize. I've been doing this 50 years, you know, nobody wants to generalize. You can't say this is all yeah. people. Because everybody is so, so different in many ways. When it comes to basic biology, men and women, there's a polarity there that's universal. Mm -hmm. And when people don't recognize it, it's because they don't know themselves. They don't know who they are, you know? And tell me you know who you are and you're really happy and I'll believe you. I just don't see that many people who don't like what I say <laughs> who are happy because they're clearly not happy when I talk. Go ahead, you have questions. Well, I, no, I want to confess yeah. you something. Yeah. You know, this part of men going solution modes and it's better to listen to a woman, that's ultimately what's the solution. Listen to a woman and that's just want to be listened sometimes. A few years ago, I didn't agree with you. I didn't. Yeah. And I have to say, I was wrong. In my experiences, I Well, I forgive you, boy. <laughs> Thank you. You know, here's where you are right. Yeah. Solving problems produces testosterone and keeps you calm. So you, when a woman is talking, you want to solve the mm. problem, but the problem is not what she's talking about to fix. The problem is she's stressed. Anytime a woman has a charge, an upset, she's bothered, she's not feeling love. Mm. What is love when a woman is feeling centered in love, mm. loving, okay? It's she's trusting, so mm. she's relaxed. She's accepting, so she doesn't want to change you. And she's appreciating all your good qualities. That's mm. love. And if she's complaining or she's upset or she's bothered, right now she's not feeling love. But that's okay, nobody mm. can feel it all the time. But women don't know that. They think, oh, but I still care about you. And so I love you. No, that's not the kind of love that men need for testosterone. See, when I show caring, understanding, and listening to you, and respecting you, honoring you, and what you need, that's the, that's the kind of love that raises estrogen in somebody. See, it's very, very practical stuff. And when I'm trusting you, accepting you, and appreciating you, that's the kind of love that raises your testosterone. Men are always looking for, look what a good job I did. Look, women call it men's big ego. No, that's yeah. men's need. They need acknowledgement, appreciation to be trusted. 
So when you go into, I don't trust you, mm. it's like slamming a man below the waist. It's kicking him in the balls. Mm. Oh, I can't trust you. And that's where women go. That's, the, that's their default. It's one of their biggest lessons is to learn how to trust. Because if you're not trusting, you can't make estrogen. And trusting mm. means allowing imperfection. See, I still trust and you, even yeah. though you didn't like my idea before. See, so that, you know, it's letting go yeah. of things. This is an art. It's an, and for men, mm. our big art we have to learn is how to care. Because when a woman's not happy, we mm. just, well, then why do I bother? We stop caring. So the big challenge for men is we stop caring, women stop trusting. And that's for us within me to overcome and care again and demonstrate my caring through my actions, yeah. demonstrate my understanding through my actions, which is to understand you have to first listen. And so again, practical thing for the men listening is when a yeah. woman's talking, you kind of go, what do I do if I don't tell her, don't worry about it, or it's not a big deal, or you should do this, or why are you thinking that? That's our analysis of it. Yeah. Don't analyze it. Instead, solve the problem. And the problem is show interest and caring to understand more deeply what she's thinking and feeling, and she will feel better. It seems paradoxical, but that's the way, it's really all biology, because when yeah. I'm showing interest, and really I can put my heart in what your experience is without judging you as a bad person. What happens is your stress level goes down and suddenly you can see life as it is and life is always a combination of deficient pluses and minuses. You know, there's always problems in life, but there's always a more good stuff to balance it. You gotta do something, so what do you do? We wanna do something, help me understand that better. Again, tell me more. And then you kinda listen a little bit and say, tell me more. And they pause and, Maybe they don't even know what's happening, but they will automatically feel better. Women feel better when they reveal what's inside and they don't feel rejected. But somebody can empathize and understand that perfectly. And you don't have to agree, by the way, you know. <laughs> it's just like, it's just to stand in her shoes and feel what she's feeling. But what you can find agreement with, because agreement is nice when somebody agrees with you. Yeah. You can always, when a woman is bothered and upset, you can agree with her emotions. The emotions are always agreeable. I can see you're frustrated about that. Tell me more, you know, I bet you're angry. And oh, I see how disappointing that must be for you. Because that we can realize if I believed and felt the way she felt, I can relate to feeling disappointed or concerned or embarrassed or whatever she's emotions. So that's a way men can very powerfully validate what women are experiencing. That's very good. And I have a couple more questions, two more questions. One very practical at the end and one very important. It's what do you reckon? You already shared a lot of tips about it and a lot of insight, but today in this era, it's very challenging. Or at least I find it very challenging connecting with someone for a long period of time to have the dopamine spikes that you had in the beginning when you meet someone. Do you think is it still possible to have that type of neurochemical reaction with someone even after 20 years of a relationship or just an illusion? Well, yes and no. You know, when I met my wife 34 years of marriage, I touched her finger on a walk and there was electricity shot through my body. <laughs> Ten years later, I touch her finger, I don't have that reaction. <laughs> okay. But when my penis touches her vagina, I have ten times that reaction. That's, That's the good. secret, is that you create a setting of privacy where you can regenerate. It's called making love. You can bring back that love and then it sort of settles down. You always love your partner, but there's an arousal and this excitement and this devotion and this feeling of oneness that you have in the beginning. Yeah, more than that. If you grow and you bond, now you can't bond if you're not monogamous. Every time you have sex with your wife, you're bonding more and more. 
but it's kind of like dyeing a cloth in the old days. They would put the cloth in the dye, and they put it out in the sun to fade, and then they put it back in, and then they fade, and they put it back in. Well, you make love, you increase the level of your loving potential with your partner. We love our partners, but to feel it, and to feel it more deeply is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you dry it out, it comes back, and that's making love every week. I recommend once a week you make love, not more, not less, as an ideal. Okay. Now, why is that? Finally, I have the research to back it up. Most of what I teach is I just figure stuff out, mm. what works. I, I was a monk, celibate monk for nine years. Yeah. I gained enlightenment. I know myself. I'm a happy person regardless of anything. And marriage made me happier. Grandchildren made me happier. <laughs> Children made me happier. You know, my job makes me happier. But I, I have a foundation, which most people don't have, of knowing themselves. That's why I can know this stuff. Why do you know that? Because I know who I am. <laughs> Because I'm a happy, fulfilled person. Yeah. Back to the question. The question is uh, how, uh, is there is a secret or like it? Oh, keep the passion alive. Yeah, correct. Okay, so the biology teaches us this, and this is real science studies yes. shows. A man ejaculates on Saturday night, and the next day his testosterone level will go down to what we call baseline. Okay. Now, men in this world that we live in today, their baseline goes down 1% every year of testosterone. At 50 years old, it's half what it used to be when he was younger. Now, I'm 70 years old, my testosterone is 50% higher. And part of that, average or what I was when I was a young man. Okay, so everybody, every man has his own baseline. It has to do with his shoulders. Okay. okay. Also, you know, there's biological things, mm -hmm. how much muscle mass your body was born with, your mm -hmm. genetics and so forth. So not having wide shoulders for me, I don't need as high testosterone levels like one of these soldiers. So they yeah. need to be making higher testosterone in order for well-being. That's why you'll see people with wide shoulders or a lot of them go to jails because they can't feel successful enough to produce that testosterone mm. and then they become dysfunctional. Well, back to the testosterone thing. So we all have our own baseline when we're young men. And then next thing we do is as we get older, it goes down. It doesn't have to. Marriage can keep it going up if you don't oversex. The research shows that when you have ejaculation on Saturday night and you go for six days with no ejaculation, so that can't also no masturbation. Absolutely, yes. masturbation okay. is the yes. biggest misunderstood thing there is. It's the loss of masculinity. Masturbation will amplify your going down faster and faster because it produces estrogen. That's why you masturbate, you're all excited, and it just goes the other direction. Your testosterone goes flat, and your dopamine levels spike like you're taking cocaine and desensitizes dopamine receptor sites. And so now you need more and more intensity rather than being able to be relaxed and be attracted to a real woman, you're now dependent on fantasy. So this is like deadly to our whole group of kids today. I think one of the major reasons we're seeing such a decline in testosterone is the massive amount of masturbation due to porn. So if you will go for six days without masturbating, without having sex, on the seventh day, your testosterone levels go up 50%. And then what you get to experience with your partner is that same 50% bump you got in the beginning when there was newness. See, newness will go away. That's your dopamine bump that raises your testosterone, that raises estrogen for women. So when that newness goes away, you've got to bring it back. If you can't bring it back as a man, a woman will lose interest in sex, which is what happens to all these women today. They have so many women not interested in sex. If we're done with it, raising the kids, whatever. We don't mind it. Okay, that's all right that you don't mind it, but it's a, it's a health challenge. The most healthy thing you can have is a regular sex life with someone you love. You know, that's the ultimate brain hack and a good night's sleep and good flu next modern exercise.
great tips out there and as I told you at the beginning of the interview, I was going to be very selfish in the question that I say because I want to connect more with the girl that I'm currently seeing. And yes. And keeping relationship for the long term, it's a challenge for some people, including me. Great tips there. It would be so good if people could just take away, and also not just men don't masturbate, women don't masturbate. This, this vibrator thing for women desensitizes the clitoris, makes it, inhibits her ability over time to have orgasms. That's some biological studies there. Or at least uh, Dr. Oz said it on his TV show. You just get the image of yeah. fantasy stimulates more hormones than reality. And when fantasy stimulates more of these arousal hormones than reality, reality is stimulating less and less and less. And what that means, you're just not turned on to somebody, you're turned on when there's a flush of newness, new skin, whatever. Yeah. Of course you can have that, but then it will go away. And then you kind of feel like, oh, I want that, or I want that, you can't bond. So part of that bonding is also making sure that you don't have sex more than once a week. You don't ejaculate more than once a week. Now, long-term for men, there's advanced courses on sex, just like there's iron men who run athletic distances, whatever. You know, I'm the iron penis. Basically, I can do hours and hours of sex. I do it every day. I don't have to work as much, so I have more time for sex, but I never ejaculate. See, this is the ancient Taoists and the ancient Hindus, the Vedic tradition. The men of a certain level of high consciousness learn how to be multi-orgasmic without ejaculating. The ejaculation is the life force. It makes babies and it regenerates your own body. I mean, our bodies have a lifespan for sure, but yeah. it keeps you really, really healthy and vital. But you can get most of that just by doing it once a week. That's very important. And if you're not even doing it, it also will tend to go down. You need to do it. You yeah. need to have somebody you love. You need to be making love. This is our potential as human beings. And a lot of people feel they just can't do it. It hasn't worked in the past. And that's because nobody showed them how to do it. You know, they're like for dating, I want to say something for the dating yeah, women absolutely. and men. When you're dating, don't look for your ideal partner. Yeah. What you look for is to create a series of positive dating experiences where you can practice the new dating skills that I teach. In my book, Mars Venus on a Date, there's new dating skills. The best book, though, is Mar Beyond Mars and Venus. is new dating skills to help use your partner on a date, women, to help you come back to a more femininity. And men, use these dating rituals to be with a woman to come back to your masculinity. Okay, That means you can't have a one-night stand. You want a one-night stand, you yeah. first you got to buy, you got it naked in the mind, naked in the heart, then you get naked in the body. And if you're doing it before that, you lose interest. You can't sustain. We want to be able to feel this is the right person for me, and there's good and there's bad, but there's more good. And you find that by dating in a proper way. Instead of like all this modern stuff of indulgence, decadence, yeah, it's really taking you down. Notice how you feel. I remember when I was a teenager back in the 60s where we men went to our female side. The female side is do what you like. When it, men should not do what they like, they do what you should do to produce a result. And then you get time off to do what you like. That's your cave time, do what you like, but make sure even that's productive. You don't want to get too far into in sexual indulgence, emotional indulgence, you know, talking about your feelings all the time and crying and whining. I practice a discipline. I never, ever complain to my wife about anything. There can't be any arguments and I never raise my voice. If I start to raise my voice and she notices, she can say, you're being mean, and while she walks out of the room. Women should walk out of the room if a man is ever disrespecting you. And if you continue to engage with him, it's your fault. You know, we need to wake up and stop being victims. You know, this whole empowerment woman's movement by being victims, that's not empowerment. Empowerment is taking responsibility for what goes on inside of you. 
Your partner can't hurt you without a doubt. I'm a big believer in monogamy, not cheating on your partner. What happens when you cheat, you make love with your partner, you're bonding, and then you get more bonding and more bonding. And then you go through porn, or you go have sex with somebody, you think, oh, they won't know. No, you just depleted the bank account. You start over, okay? So you lose all that bonding when you cheat. And it's not like you're a bad person because our society is so permissive and people don't understand the power and value of making love. And they also don't know how to make love. That's Mars Venus in the bedroom. But the most important thing, however you're doing it, is make sure she has an orgasm before you do. I totally agree on that one. Yes, and good for you. I've got so many more questions for you, but I know you have to go. And I just want to take the opportunity to thank you so much and a lot of inspiring things. And uh, this came for me personally at the very right time. Uh, thank you for, uh, you know, the you can be. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Hey there, thanks for listening. Before we conclude, I'd like you to remind you something very, very important. This episode, as well as this podcast in general, is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have. Please, 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 if you have any medical condition, consult your physician first. Disclaimer given, I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast and to leave me a review. That will help me a lot. We're just starting out. We have already a lot of great interviews down the line, which you don't want to miss. So hit the subscribe button so you will get notification for the next exciting episode. I'll see you next time.